you can do all the mindset work. You can sit in a therapist's office for 10 years and you can understand all the reasons as why you are avoidant as fuck, as why you're addicted to cigarettes and why you eat and you do that, like you eat in this way and you do this and you have the self-sabotage mechanism. The thing to actually understand is that trauma lies in the body. You can remember a traumatic experience, but the feeling of the trauma lies in your body. Hello everyone. All right. I hope that you guys have your notebooks readily available because I will never let you down with giving you so much fucking juice. And on that note, the last two Instagram lives that I've done, one, I'm in a blue and white stripy shirt. The other one, I'm in a red dress. Um, those two are really fucking juicy, those last two. So I want you to all make sure that you are not only going to listen to this one and then maybe re-listen to it, but also go back and listen to or watch those, uh, two other most recent Instagram lives. You will see them. I don't actually have a screen on them. I just have like my little outfit. So either a red dress and my big sleeves or a blue and white striped top. Got my water. We're all good to go. Okay. We're all still here. So we're talking about trauma and comfort zones, and I'm going to draw for you guys today. And I also have a really fun diagram to show you as well. So I'm going to share my screen in a little bit, but this basically is going to be a high level overview of what trauma is. If any of you want more specific podcast episodes, then just send a message to my DMs and Olivia will direct you to some of the episodes or just go on the um, podcast directory page and then you'll find them all there. Okay. So high level overview of kind of what trauma is today and how it affects your ability to expand into your different, le like different levels of your comfort zone, but also just expand in general. I've also realized that this top is slightly see-through. We're going to roll with it. Um, okay. So the first thing is what is trauma? I feel like these days, especially in the world of social media, trauma is a word that is thrown around really kind of just in a blase way with no real guts and understanding of what actually is trauma. Every second person these days is like, you know, I heal trauma, blah, blah, blah. Trauma is not changing your mindset. Trauma is not, you know, understanding, uh, sorry, trauma healing is not understanding the trauma that happened and how it affects you today. All that self-awareness, what that's what what that is, is self-awareness. Self-awareness, reparenting, reprogramming your mind, they're all really great and valuable things. But this other layer that I want you guys to understand and kind of where I come in, so really hone in on this, is the body. So you can do all the mindset work. You can sit in a therapist's office for 10 years and you can understand all the reasons as why you are avoidant as fuck, as why you're addicted to cigarettes and why you eat and you do that, like you eat in this way and you do this and you have the self-sabotage mechanism. You can understand all the reasons as to why you act out in certain ways based on your path, but that is all up in here right? Based on your past. Sorry, not your path. That's all up in here. The thing to actually understand is that trauma lies in the body. You can remember a traumatic experience, remember, but the feeling of the trauma lies in your body. And so there's something that I've kind of developed. Maybe someone else says it too, but I always refer to something called like the trauma cycle, right? And so I actually had this diagram that I've made up and I'm going to show you guys in a little bit. And it's this diagram of the trauma cycle because I feel like for a lot of us, we don't fully understand 
what this cycle of living in trauma means. And I didn't understand this when I first got into this. You know, I grew up in a in a great household. My parents are still together. They're both loving, like blah, blah, blah. Everything was fine. I went to a good school. There was food on the table. So I never thought to even think that I have trauma because a lot of us, we deem trauma as these big, big things. And so what happens is we minimize our experiences when we're stuck in these bad habits, these bad patterns, these toxic situations. And we don't realize that under Understanding them isn't enough. When your body is in this habitual pattern of continuously living out what you are living out, you cannot think your way out of something. You cannot think your way getting out of the trauma cycle. This is all a somatic a somatic kind of thing, right? So when you're when you have a traumatic experience happen, for the vast majority of us, in that moment of the trauma, we don't actually release what our body is feeling, right? So you know when there's like a big thunderstorm and dogs are shaking, they're releasing their fear at the same time. They're feeling their fear, they're afraid, and they're also releasing it. You know, if any of you guys have been in a car accident, for example, you might've been shaking in the car accident, in the car or your muscles were shaking. And what most of us are gonna do, it doesn't mean don't go and do this, right? Because this is just like the beauty of being a human, but we also just have to be aware of it is that we will try and hug each other and tell each other like, stop crying, stop shaking. And we try and soothe each other, right? Or our parents try and soothe us, or we try and soothe ourselves. And it's not a wrong thing to do because the reality is, is that like in that moment of the traumatic incident, you are doing one thing, you are trying to survive. So we have to remind ourselves and have graciousness about our experience in that in the moment of the trauma, you have one job and one job only, and that is to survive. Your priority isn't like, oh, let me do some like trauma release right now. No, your priority is to get out and get out alive. So what that means is that you go straight into a protective mechanism, whether it's numbing out, disassociating, fight or flight, whatever the, whatever the above, right? A fawn response. So fawn is like people pleasing basically. So like Stockholm syndrome, right? So you go into a response to try and protect yourself. Now, basically what can happen is for people that have had a lot of trauma or a lot of stress, right? So we often, like I said before, think trauma is these big scale things. Like I watched my mother get murdered. If any that happened to anybody, I'm really sorry. You know, we think of these giant scale things, but the reality is, is that your body has a trauma response when you are feeling stressed and unsafe as a child, which can happen in your very own home with two loving parents and siblings around you, right? But if you're not feeling seen, right, and you just feel left and alone and abandoned because um, your emotional needs are not being met, your body can feel unsafe, unloved, unwanted. You are going into a stress response. If you have enough stress responses when you are younger or as an adult, you can have, you know, you can develop PTSD, you can develop traumatic uh, you can develop trauma as an adult. When you have enough of this stress in your body, what actually can happen is your amygdala enlargens. That's not a good thing, by the way. Your amygdala is the part of your brain that that sounds the alarm bells. For any of you that know Lost in Space, I don't know whoever watched Lost in Space when they were younger. If any of you know Lost in Space, I am always like, danger, danger, Will Robinson. So your your amygdala is like danger, danger. Now what happens is for a lot of people, well, for everybody, but like when you have your amygdala going danger, danger all the time, because you're constantly in this trauma cycle, you inhibit yourself from growing and expanding in your life because your danger bells are always going off when they don't really need to be. This is why two people can be in the exact same situation. One feels unsafe and one goes forth. 
the person that feels unsafe, their amygdala is sounding the alarm bells. And often that is because of a past experience that makes them think that what's happening in front of them is not safe or the person in front of them is not safe. So their amygdala is going danger, danger. Now, the issue obviously is that the situation could actually be completely safe. The person could be completely safe. But they are then in stuck in this cycle of continuously removing themselves from these situations because of trauma. So trauma doesn't not only not let you propel into where you want to go, sometimes it won't even just keep you in your comfort zone. It almost pulls you back into this shell of a human being because you are constantly in this fear response because you cannot control your brain's response of danger, danger, unless you do somatic healing and you actually break the trauma cycle. Okay, so I hope that we're all clicking with this so far. So for those of you that have had a lot of trauma in the past, whether or not you know it, if you, you if there's like a couple of signs and signals that your nervous system is dysregulated, so I'll run through a few of them with you so you know, but I really wanna emphasize, even if you haven't had horrendously traumatic things happen to you, you, your body can still be in this constant trauma response. So one of the, one of the, uh, one of the signals that you have a dysregulated nervous system. So your nervous system is, is the part of your body that is reacting essentially to the stress, right? And your adrenals are in there as well. So if you have adrenal failure, that's already telling me, right, there's some trauma there we need to work on. If you're missing a period, I'm like, keep trauma there we need, unless it's from like under eating, there's some trauma there we need to work on. But the nervous system's regulation is going to look like things like you're addicted to stress. And as soon as you slow down, it feels like there's something wrong. You are like afraid of being bored. Like that is your fucking fear is I do not want to be bored. I don't want to have nothing to do. And you don't just like sitting around like the idea or the, the, the thought or the actual doing of slowing down is something something that can actually make you feel really stressed, like slowing down stresses you out, or even the thought of slowing down can stress you out. If you wake up and you wake up really stressed, nervous system is regulated, or if you wake up feeling like you've been hit by a fucking bus, that tells me that your adrenals are in a state of low cortisol, which basically means that you have been putting out so much cortisol for so long that now your body's like, I'm tapped out and now you're in low cortisol, which is not good, right? You want to have the right amount of cortisol. You don't want to have too much, but you also don't want to have too little. So if you are in a state of low cortisol, that's also not a good thing. If you have any kind of IBS, bloating, um, like constipation, diarrhea, just basic like gastrointestinal issues, that is directly linked. I mean, as are all things in the body, but directly linked to your nervous system and to trauma. There is so much research that now shows that people with IBS and or Crohn's, the vast majority of them have come from a stressful family household. Now, key thing, because I've had plenty of clients with these issues, is that from the outside world, a lot of these households, they look perfect. There's plenty of money. There's great education. The parents are together. That doesn't fucking matter. Because the key thing, the key thing about trauma, I can, if I can ram one thing into your head today, ladies and men, the key thing about trauma is that it is not about how you see it as an adult when you're looking back on your memory, right? Because you will have perspective. You now understand what the world is like. It is about how you perceived the situation as a child. So you could walk into your mom's bedroom and your mom could be like, no, go away. I'm busy. And you perceive that as I cause problems, right? And so now you tiptoe around on eggshells around every single person. You're in this fucking phone response all the time. You're people pleasing everybody 
because you do not want to cause problems because you don't want to be yelled at because you felt so unsafe by your mom yelling in that. But the only reason why she was yelling at you for doing that was because she was in the middle of shoving a tampon up, right? Like we don't know what she was doing. You don't know what she was doing. And so it's really important to understand that it's the perception of the situation that it, that creates the trauma in your body, not the actual reality. So you could have a car accident, for example, where you survived, the car was fine, everything was fine, but you felt like you were going to die in that car accident, right? That was the response that went off in your body. So guess what? That car accident has become really traumatic for you, right? It could be a reason to not get into a car anymore. It could be the reason why you fucking jolt every time you come up to like a stop sign or a, when like, you know how like roads are like off a road and you're worried that like a car is just going to come shooting out and, and, and hit you. It could be that reason where you have these constant visceral responses. So for a lot of people, what will happen is they will talk and talk and talk about their trauma. They'll sit in a therapist's office for 10 fucking years and they understand everything, but they still have this visceral response. They still have the heat flushing through their body. They still are in the car and they get this jolt. They still fully numb out and tap out and almost have like blurry vision when their partner's yelling at them. And they don't know why. It's like, I'm telling myself to breathe. Like, I know everything's okay. Like, I, I you know, I, I'm, I, I understand the different perspective. Like, you're, they're trying to talk themselves through something that cannot be talked through. You know, you can self-soothe to an extent, but it becomes a lot easier to self-soothe when you have a solid foundation to work with. When your body is in a dysregulated state because of past trauma, your body doesn't become a safe foundation. It does not become a healthy foundation. You know, when you're trying to plant a veggie patch like I am, if the soil is fucking shit, the veggies aren't going to grow. So you want to think about it in that if you want to grow into this beautiful life that you want to have and this beautiful version of yourself, if the soil, if your body is a shitty foundation, you aren't going to grow. You're just going to like, you're going to plant the plant in. It's going to be cute for a few weeks and it's going to die. And for a lot of people, that's what it can feel like when they like get into this little flow of like, oh, let's do some mindset work or like, oh, let's go talk in a therapist's office, you know, for three weeks and like talk about all my shit. And the issue is, is that with a lot of talking for some people, especially those that are, you know, that kind of get hooked on being the victim of like, of things being wrong because they finally are seen, you know, when, where for a lot of us, um, especially as, as, as young girls, we don't feel seen and all we want is to just feel fucking seen. Right. And, and, and men too, honestly, it's just like, it's, it's often a more of a majority thing for women, but it's also the case for men. And so you finally sit in a, in a therapist's office and for the first time in your life, someone is looking at you and listening to you just talk for an hour about your feelings and validating you. And guess what? That becomes really addictive right? So you then get into the cycle of going to this person that is quote unquote validating you because you finally feel seen for the first time in your life, but it's not actually healing the wound. It's not actually taking away the visceral responses. It's that you're finally getting fed this feeling that you've been wanting to get fed for your whole entire life. So it's really important to like, to just be aware of of the different modalities that can be used for trauma healing. And I'm not to say that therapy, like the sitting and doing talk therapy is bad because self-awareness is really important. But if you've been sitting in a therapist's office for 10 fucking years or for five years or for three years and you haven't gotten anywhere, it's probably time to go into the body and get out of your head. Because when you stay in your head, you also continue to analyze everything. And the issue with analyzing everything is that you can actually keep yourself in a fight or flight response because overanalyzing and overthinking can be a trauma response for a lot of people. People. I have a lot of clients, especially women, 
that overthink and they're chronic overthinkers because it's a way to protect themselves for trying to ensure that they pick up any possible dangers before they happen so that they can kind of like make a getaway plan. If you've grown up in a household where there was a lot of dysregulation from parents' emotions, so you kind of never know what was about to happen, you train yourself to be an overthinker so that you can almost preempt danger that can occur to try and protect yourself from then feeling unsafe in the situation. Obviously, as an adult, that isn't helpful because you're in a relationship, for example, and you are chronically overthinking every single thing that's happening, or you're at work and you're overthinking every single thing that your boss does or whatever it is. So, you know, when we're constantly in our head trying to solve trauma or solve a wound or solve abandonment or anxiety, it actually can cause more of it because you don't always want to be thinking right? Because sometimes thinking can actually make things worse. Sometimes I say to clients, you don't have any more issues. You're just trying to find them because you're now thinking. You've become like almost hyper self-aware that you're not allowing yourself to just fucking live. You are overanalyzing every move that you make because you don't want to make the same mistake again, essentially. So what was I going to do? I was going to draw, I was going to show you guys the trauma cycle. For one time only, I am hosting my LA pop-up event and I am so excited to be bringing this to you guys. We are doing this for one time only and it's happening on October 21st of this year. This is a day-long event. It is going to be fun. It is going to be spicy and you are getting an exclusive look into my book before it has even come out. I am very excited for this. We are going to be going into polarity, manifestation, self-respect, boundaries, procrastination, perfectionism, and so much more. You will also be getting a Q&A with myself and my fiance, which is very exciting. For those of you that run your own business, you may want to look into the VIP option as well. Some of the spots have already been snagged, but if there is any left, maybe that one is for you. And this is really important because when you are stuck in this trauma cycle, you cannot get outside your comfort zone uh, with the same feeling that you can if you break your 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 trauma cycle. And here's the funny thing, right? Because you're probably like, yeah, well, Monica, I wanna I wanna work with you. I wanna get outside of my comfort zone, but like, I need you to break my trauma cycle for me. But like, I have to hire you in order to get out of in order to get out of my my trauma cycle. But that requires me to get out of my comfort zone first. And you're saying I have to do it the other way. I'm gonna give you some ways in which you can also break out of your comfort zone with still being in the trauma cycle in a way that feels a little bit easier. So just hang tight for that. Okay. This is the trauma cycle that I'm showing you guys. Now, if you're listening to the podcast episode, you won't be able to see this, but all the more reason to just go onto um, the Instagram live and quickly check it out. We are about 20 minutes in for anyone that needs to refer to the Instagram live. Okay. So this is the trauma cycle. So let's start with up the top where it says triggered right now. You can't really see what's underneath. So don't worry about it. I'm just going to explain it. So, and by the way, if you guys want to screenshot this and you want to share it in your Instagram story, please tag me. But none of you can screenshot this and take it as your own because it's mine. It's copyrighted. Please don't do that because then you're just causing yourself a situation that you don't need to be in. Okay. Hate that I have to say that, but it's been happening lately. So let's start with triggered. So this is kind of the start, the quote unquote start of the trauma cycle where basically you've gotten triggered about something, right? Somebody has essentially triggered your wounds. Uh, let's say, let's just use the example that they have, they've said something about your body, like, oh, like you look, 
you look different today and you're like different what and you start overanalyzing yourself right this is like a really little example but it's there for a lot of people and they start they start thinking about everything and overanalyzing themselves they get triggered they feel some sort of visceral response they start either overthinking they feel heat through their body they might feel tightness constriction anxiety whatever there's some kind of trigger what then happens, this is the key thing, is you re-traumatize your nervous system. And this is why it's not always good to just keep talking about your trauma, like in talk therapy, because sometimes the more you talk about it, the more you re-traumatize yourself about it. So when you are constantly uh, re-triggering the wound by not doing work to heal it, right? You just keep living and shoving it out of the carpet, but it's still fucking there. It's like, oh, hi, here again. You continuously re-traumatize your nervous system. So what happens is, is that your body reacts as though the initial trauma is happening all over again, even though it's not. So let's just say the initial trauma that started off this whole thing of, you know, um, uh, you feeling, you not feeling secure in your body is the fact that there was a, a boy at school that grabbed some of your stomach fat and was like, ew, what's this? Right. And you don't even fucking remember it, but that is what, that's what the, the root of the issue is, let's say. And so what happens is, is that at that time when that happened, when you were six years old, you went into the bathroom, you were hyperventilating, you were screaming and crying, and you didn't want to go for school for, to school for a whole week. You can imagine that's really stressful on a young kid. Now, the reality is, is that now you are 25 years old, let's say, or you're 35 years old, or however old you are, and someone's at that comment of like, oh, you look different today, and you've gone into your whole fucking pattern of being triggered, and all the visceral responses that come with that, and the reality is, is that you're not just feeling distressed from that little comment and that little moment, your nervous system is being completely re-traumatized as though that trauma of when you were six years old is happening again. Now, you can imagine if you are living with a wound for 30 plus years, let's just say, or 20 plus years, whenever the wound initially kind of dug its hole, you can imagine that getting triggered after day after day after day, that is really intense on your nervous system. It's like, no wonder you have adrenal fatigue, hormonal issues, IBS, acne, your hair's falling out, you can't fucking sleep, you get back pain, like no wonder. Your body is so stressed and the reality is, is that you've kind of normalized it right? Majority of people normalize it. So you have this reaction to the stress, right? Whether, whether you numb out, whether you disassociate, whether you're crying, there's some kind of reaction to the stressful situation where someone said like, oh, you look different. Then we go into the coping and avoidance. So the coping and avoidance is different for every person. For this person, the coping and avoidance could be, I'm not going to eat for three weeks. It could be overtraining at the gym. It, it could be going and having a binge drinking night. It could be, you know, um, any kind of self-harm. It could be uh, numbing out and disassociating for, for the situation, whatever, like, you know, whatever it is, you, calling them a narcissist, calling them all sorts of names, blaming them, whatever it is. But there is some sense of coping and avoidance that you are doing to give yourself the next step, to give yourself the illusion that everything's fine, everything's under control, and you are okay. But you're not because then it gets triggered again. So basically in this trauma cycle, what you guys are want, uh, what you really want to be thinking about is like, okay, I want to break this trauma cycle because other, there is no break in it right now, right? You're just looping around and around and around and around. So what breaks the trauma cycle is work with me. Obviously, once that is then broken, you are, your body is no longer in this state where it can be getting triggered anymore, right? You're out of the trauma cycle that trigger is no longer a thing. It's a thing of the past. How do I get out of this? Stop sharing. 
it's a thing of the past. And now you can feel completely neutral when someone's like, oh, you look different today. You're like, thanks, right? You can feel neutral about it. And I know for a lot of you, you're probably like, that's impossible. My hundreds of testimonials literally prove that it's not impossible. It is pretty incredible how when you heal it from your body and when you release all of those years of pent up emotion and energy and you know, physical tension from the situation, when you release that, there's it isn't there anymore to get poked and prodded. It's gone, right? So nothing is there to get poked and prodded. And your whole body realigns itself to be in such a centered state of alignment, self-respect. I've got myself, I back myself, like all these different things where you can actually show up as your fullest self and you don't feel held back by these fears, wounds, these limiting beliefs, et cetera, et cetera. So when it comes to the next diagram, when it comes to the comfort zone, so I'm going to draw a CZ, right? So I want you guys to think about right now, like this is your comfort zone, okay? I know this is kind of on a small screen for a lot of you, but just hang with me, all right? Because we're all getting the gist here, I'm hoping. This is your comfort zone. So inside your comfort zone, you don't really have to think about everything, anything. Everything feels like normal. Like inside your comfort zone, it's like going to Whole Foods, like making dinner, you know, doing the same Pilates class every day, um, you know, patting your dogs, waking up, like going to the same hotel that you go to every time on your, on your little getaway with your partner. Like it's things that you've done before. So it feels known. It feels safe. What we, what, what you have to understand is that when your nervous system is dysregulated, when your body is dysregulated from all this trauma, what happens is, is that anything that feels unknown feels dangerous. Really understand that. Unknown is danger, according to your amygdala, according to your brain. And so because your amygdala sounds the alarm bells of like, we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen. Run away, run away. That means that people, even though they can want something so badly, it's this feeling of like, I want it so badly, but I just like can't do it. Like, I don't know why I just can't do it. And the, I don't know why I just can't do it. I know why you can't do it. You can't do it because your body feels like it is going to fucking die if you go towards that thing and if you do it. And why would you put yourself in that situation unless, pivot, um, unless you are addicted to an adrenaline rush and you are so numbed out because of all of your trauma that you're trying to feel. There's a small proportion of people where they, and this, you know, is, is definitely the case for a lot of men that have PTSD from being in the war, where basically what happens is they are so disassociated, disconnected, and numbed out in their life that they do anything to try and feel. So those people will actually put themselves in really dangerous situations and they feel like they're living. To us, like to a normal person, that would you wouldn't even go near doing that situation. You know, whether it's like jumping off cliffs, whether it's like climbing up ice, like whether it's, it's crazy things that a lot of you wouldn't even consider doing. It's not like something that you find on like Airbnb adventures or some shit. The average person would not be doing it, but they're doing it because they're trying to feel like they're living. So for those people kind of getting outside their comfort zone, doing things that they're afraid of doesn't feel scary because they are addicted to trying to feel. So they will go and do dangerous, frankly, kind of stupid things because they want to feel life. 
They want to just feel something in their body, right? For the vast majority of us, so for the majority of you sitting here, what you're probably more relating to is like everything that I've done before, I'm happy to keep doing. But anything that I haven't done before becomes really hard. A really basic example is a lot of us have found that, you know, since since COVID, it's become so much harder to go out and socialize. We just like don't want to anymore. And it's literally because we're not used to it right when you literally when you don't do something for long enough it like goes out of your comfort zone it's like oh this is no longer in your comfort zone like oh it expired from your comfort zone and to now go and do that thing again it kind of feels scary so everything inside your comfort zone feels safe right so you're going to continue to do it but then let's think about all these dreams and goals you got dream and goal here and here and here and there's all these things and let's just say there's one right outside your comfort zone it feels so close but it's just like it's hard to do right maybe it's just going to a new workout class let's just say so what happens is we have all these different layers of a comfort zone. And so you're starting in here. You're currently within your comfort zone. And in order to break out of your comfort zone, to just get this first little desire that you want, you have to actually feel, it's not that you just need to feel safe to go outside your comfort zone, but you have to get some sense of safety where you can almost override the primitive response of don't do that, right? So there's a, there is a primitive response of don't go and do that because it's unknown and you know, in the caveman days, you are wired to not go into unknown territory because you could die, right? So it's like, why would you do the unknown? So what you what we need to do, and I'm going to go through this with you guys in a second, so just hang tight, is in order for you to break outside this comfort zone and then get this first desire so that then this becomes your comfort zone. Hold on. So now everything within this second layer We've broken out of this one. And now everything in this second layer is in your comfort zone, right? So that next thing is in your comfort zone. So it's like, oh, now this feels normal. So now you can do this over and over and over again. Once that was scary, but now it's like, oh, it's normal, right? So what we have to understand, which I'm going to go through in a little bit, is how to actually get out of the comfort zone, even when you have trauma. Because very often the thing that will heal a lot of things is outside your comfort zone, because otherwise you would have done it already. Okay, so then we have like this next dream and goal and, and goal. And so that's in the next level of the comfort zone, right? So now we're going out another layer. And then we have something in the next level of the comfort zone. Whoops, I'm a bad circle drawer, right? And so basically what happens is every time you break out of one layer, you kind of sit in the next layer, right? So you've broken out of that layer and now you're sitting here. Then we're going to break out of this layer and now you're sitting in this layer, right? Everything from this layer down, easy, comfortable, no big deal, right? So you can do all these things from, from here downwards. You break out of this comfort zone, now you're in this big comfort zone. And everything in this comfort zone and down into where we started, easy, comfortable, boom. And now we're breaking out into this last big comfort zone, which was a big leap, big, big, big leap. Your leaps do not need to all be like of the same, like, uh, distance if that makes sense so we've jumped we've jumped you know pretty same distances from from where we started to now here this one's a little bigger and now we're doing a big one right so we do this big leap to this desire that we want here of whatever that is and now everything in this comfort zone this huge layer we've fully expanded our nervous system to be able to be way outside our initial comfort zone so now this dream and goal we have it it feels easy it's in our comfort zone and everything prior to that so it's like this level and below. So what you can kind of understand and see hopefully from that diagram is like the more that you break out of each comfort zone, the more that you get to have in your life. And as you break out of one comfort zone, that next level is like, okay, this is safe. And the next one and the next one. And so you basically 
expand your feeling of safety. More and more and more in your life feels normal. It feels safe. It feels doable. It feels like, yeah, I can do that. And so that's what a lot of us want. A lot of us want to be able to feel like we can experience more in life and have more in life and it feels safe. But the reality is in order to get that, you actually have to go through unsafety and discomfort, right? Because even if I, I'm not like, you know, compared to you, maybe I'm out here, but I started here too. So it's like, I keep going outside my comfort zone every day. Maybe not every day, every week, I feel like these days, there's this new level of breaking outside my comfort zone. You never like stop breaking outside your comfort zone, right? You're going to keep breaking outside your comfort zone. And once you do it enough, the proof of I survived before allows you to break out of it with more ease. It doesn't mean it doesn't feel unsafe. It doesn't mean that it doesn't feel scary or nerve wracking. Every time I break outside my comfort zone or like, you know, going through some kind of up level, it feels nerve wracking. It feels scary, but I can do it with more ease because I have so much previous proof to be like, I'm going to be okay. Right. And I obviously have a very regulated nervous system where I'm not also trying to fight against like past traumas and fears. I'm literally just moving through it's a bit unknown. There's a bit of nervousness. For a lot of you, you've got, oh, there's a bit of unknown and there's a bit of nervousness and there's a primitive response. And there's also 10 hundred years of trauma on top of this. So let me break through a few of these, a few things that you guys can be doing to kind of get yourself out of that comfort zone and into that next layer so that you can obviously keep going. Do not mind me. I'm quickly interrupting the episode for a very, very important reason because you do not want to miss out on this. If you are ready for more, if you are ready to turn your life on, to be in pleasure, to discover your own pleasure, to feel like life is one big giant session of foreplay and to upgrade your wealth frequency, your magnetism, and really feel safe to step into your feminine energy, then you need to join the current round of Queen Alchemy. I'm so excited that we are back with it. This is my renowned program. I've been doing it for, God, I don't even know how many years anymore. Well, a lot. I've been doing it since 2019, right? So however many years that makes it. Um, and this program is unlike anything else out there. So we start the program off by really doing deep healing work, trauma release, somatic release. We heal so many of those wounds that you don't even know exist, right? It is profound, the results that women get from just the first week, from the first call. It's really quite amazing. So the program is a beautiful combination of timeless pre-recorded content that you get immediately. So as soon as you join, you will then get access to the portal, which you can start doing before we start the live calls, which I always suggest to do because then you're just a little bit ahead, right? Then you will also have with me seven two hour, sometimes they're like two and a half to three, two hour live healing calls and an additional 14, what I call mini trauma calls. And these mini trauma calls, you can pick and choose the ones that you come to based on the kind of trauma and work that you want to be, that you want to be healing. Plus there is also a telegram group for extra support over that seven week period. And there is hours about 10 to 15 hours of extra Q and a time that happens in that telegram group where you send me messages. So you send me like questions and I will often reply with a long voice message that is customized to exactly the question that you're asking. It is the most intimate and revolutionary program that I run. And frankly, that I have seen done. It has changed thousands of women's lives. I mean, if you go to my Instagram highlights, I can't even count how many highlights there are now from for Queen Alchemy. There is so many highlights and they are 
chock a block full of screenshots of testimonials. If you go on the website page, there is so many testimonials there that you actually have to click to go to another website page to see the rest of them because it would slow down the website page so much if they were all on that Queen Alchemy website page. And there are are all the screenshots. And then there are also a bunch of beautifully written testimonials from previous Queen Alchemy girls. I mean, this program, it sells itself, right? It speaks for itself. I've talked about it for years. You know whether you want to do this or not. If you are finding that you are in these shitty habits, these bad toxic cycles, you're in bad relationship after bad relationship, you know that you have a pile of wounding and trauma work that you need to be working on. You know that you are, you know, feeling and receiving love in the wrong kind of ways, right? Because that's how your dad gave you love and you are sick of experiencing that. You are going to be getting irreversible results as in they are sustainable. So not irreversible in a bad way. They are sustainable results. They are not something that you have to sustain yourself by doing like 10 hundred journaling prompts a year. This is something that because it is based in somatic work, right? Somatic healing, somatic embodiment, this sticks, right? We are completely recoding your body in a way where you don't have to think about acting like this new version of yourself. You don't have to think about, oh, I got, I got to embody my inner queen. You just are her, right? It is priceless, this program. The results are absolutely irresistible. And I know so many of you really crave the sisterhood and the depth. And this program is going to give that to you. It is nourishing to our bodies to be in this beautiful container where we are held so deeply by other women. We are seen so deeply by other women. And frankly, I think that Queen Alchemy and many past Queen Alchemy clients will attest to this as well. It is essential for every woman to do this very unconventional and revolutionary program. So if you would like to read more about it, if you would like to secure your space, just look at the link below in this episode um, and you can secure your spot. And of course, if you are wanting to really talk to me, you're unsure about it, you have two options. You can one, book in a 20-minute consultation call with me and we'll chat. The other option is that you can send a DM on Instagram and uh, just let Olivia know that you would love a little voice message from me and some input just to hear my voice and know that I've kind of been filled in on your situation. And I will, of course, shoot you a voice message as soon as I can. So you have those options as well to help you feel really secure and safe in this investment. All right. I will see you in the program. Let's get back to the episode. Okay. So the first thing is listening to your heart. For those of you that don't know, your heart has a vibrational frequency 5,000 times greater than your brain. So what brain fart? So basically what this means is that think of it like your heart is waves, right? So your heart has waves that go outside of your brain. It's 5,000 times greater, right? So it's almost like the way that I kind of visualize it is like, this this wave goes 5,000 times further outside of me, goes into the future. It's exactly what happens though. I'm just painting as like some weird picture for you. This is actually what happens. It goes into the future and it's like, oh, that's going to happen. It brings it back and it's like, okay, do this. That is why for so many of us, we won't always understand why we need to do something, but we just have this heart inkling of just do it. And it always works out. And it always works out. And we feel that just do it because our heart literally knows the future because it has the vibrational frequency 5,000 times greater than our brain. So that's the first thing to lock into. Oh, my ears are ringing. Oh, we're having downloads. So so that's the first thing to lock into, right? Is that if you feel a pull from your heart towards something is to trust it. You have two choices. You can either continuously live in this like fear of 
what if, what if, what if in a bad way, or you can actually decide, you know what, I'm going to trust myself and I'm going to trust my heart and I'm going to go after it because really what the, what the fuck is the worst that's going to happen? Sometimes this is the kind of the next thing. Sometimes actually sitting down with yourself and being like, what is the worst that's going to happen? And actually realizing it's not even that bad. Like it really isn't like, even if this happened, I would actually be okay. I would survive. I would be alive because we have to remember that the fear of the unknown is giving off this, like, I'm going to die response in our brain. But when you actually write down the worst that would happen, you aren't going to die, right? It really would not happen that you're going to die. So when you can actually realize, oh, I'm not going to die, it helps for you to actually feel a bit safer or a lot safer in taking that leap and making the decision, right? The next thing that you can also be doing is making choices based on what your future self would do. Because the reality is, is like looking back at this diagram, if you're in your comfort zone, but you want to be this version of yourself, the only way to be this version of yourself is to think about what does this version of myself have? What does she do? How does she act? Right. And I really want you guys to hang on with this because I know a lot of people say this, but I really want to explain how this actually works because I feel like it lacks like the depth to it. So if you're in here, but you want to be this version of you, right? What does she do? What does she have in her life? Who's on her team, right? Who has she hired? Who, like, what work has she done on herself? What books has she read? Where has she traveled to? What kind of clothes does she wear, right? But the more importantly, what actions did she take to actually get here? So I'll give you an example. Back in 2019, I was in Ibiza for a month or so. And I was kind of in this, like, stage in my business where I was like, I really want to expand. I really want to take it to the next level, but I had no idea what to do. And I said to myself, I remember, I remember literally everything about this moment. I was like sitting on the bed. I remember the like hotel room that I was in. It was a moment. I said to myself, I said, what would the version of me, like the version of me that I want to be, what does she have? Like, who is her next hire? What has she already done? And what I felt was like, she would have a business manager. So I took a leap of faith and I hired a business manager, right? Because that was who she had on her team. That was what she needed. And so I did that and things exploded from from there. Like things were already exploding, but it just took it up another level because a question that I'm always asking myself is like, okay, the version of me in three months time or six months time or in a year's time, what is she doing? And not just like the the kind of like surface level of like, oh, what clothes is she wearing? What exercise is she doing? All of those things are important. But in this example, it was like, who does she have on her team? Like basically what support does she have to actually even get her to this place in the first, in the first place, right? So thinking about like what support has this version of you had in, the, in six months time to actually get to that level is a really important question to ask yourself, because it's like, you won't get there if you don't have whatever needs to be put into place to actually get to that, that version of yourself. Right. So the next thing is to also think about is I wrote a few things down. I just want to make sure that I'm like covering all of this. Okay. Self-sabotage. So for a lot of people, what will happen is they are afraid of success. Some of us have had situations in the past where like, if we were seen, we were shunned, right? Or if we were successful or if we gained some kind of like recognition, we were made fun of, we were picked on, whatever it is, whether it was at school, whether it's family stuff, doesn't matter what the situation is. The bottom line is, is that a fear of success is often a fear that is forgotten about and that is very, very real for people. 
And why it's real is because it's a fear of I'm going to stand out and I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to be made fun of. People are going to judge me. I'm going to have less help. People aren't going to support me as much. People are going to want things from me. People are going to take my money. I'm going to be obliged to help help everybody else because now I am you know, I'm this version of me or whatever it is. I'm going to lose people. I'm going to change. My partner's not going to like me anymore. I won't have any more friends. They're all going to think that I'm weird. We get all of these fears of what will happen when we have this level of success and success. I'm not talking about business terms like that too, but success in terms of like a level of self-love, a level of self-respect. You've healed your wounds. Like you no longer are depressed. You no longer have whatever. You don't identify with these past things that you used to identify with. And so what can happen is that we want these things, but we self-sabotage by pulling ourselves back because we also don't want these things because we're so afraid of what's going to come with it that we self-sabotage the success because of this fear of being picked on, made fun of, et cetera. So for those of you that identify a lot with self-sabotage, what's funny is like the self-sabotage keeps you basically stuck in the the lowest level of your comfort zone because you like try and get out of it and then you pull yourself back and you try and get out of it and you pull yourself back. And this is why one of the most like it's it's hard to like explain, but when you get it, you get it. The one of the best things that you can do is make a fucking decision for yourself and get yourself out of a gray area. Because what a lot of us do that keeps us more stuck in our comfort zone than that little epicenter, right, that I was showing you before where we all started, is that we're like, I want this, but I'm scared. I want this, but I'm scared. I want this, but I don't. And we basically think too much. A lot of us think way too much about a fucking decision. And the thinking causes us to find reasons of why we shouldn't do the thing. Sometimes the best thing to actually do is stop fucking thinking and be like, what does my heart want? What do I feel like is the right thing to do? Do I need to understand why? Do I need to know the logic of it? Like, okay, it would feel nice for your brain. But the reality is, is like, if you really tune in to like, what do you want? You want happiness. You want freedom. You want peace. You want joy. You want, you want love. You want whatever it is, right? You want ease. If you are tuning into those things, you don't have them right now, right? And if you want those things, then you have to do what's going to get you those things, So if you continue to be like, but, 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 you actually take yourself further away from getting the thing that you want rather than being like, I want this thing. I'm making a fucking decision right now. I'm doing this thing. The end done. Right? So people will, for example, they'll send me a DM and they're like, I've wanted to join Queen Alchemy for so long. I've like sat on the fence, blah, blah, blah. I've got myself off the fucking fence. I've made the decision. I'm doing it painful done. And they do it like that because they're like, I have sat in the decision of it of like, should I do it? Should I not for years? And I finally realized that that stupid gray area has not only kept me stuck in one area of life, it's kept me stuck in every area of life because a lot of us think too much. The very thing that we're all wanting to do, which is get out of our heads and get more into our body to like be more feminine. We don't do it because we're thinking, right? We're like in our over-masculine, in our hyper-masculine. So really remembering that sometimes the best thing that you can do is make a fucking decision, stick to it because you want the desire badly enough. There's this NLP technique. I don't use it very often, but like really rarely, but it's actually a really good technique that I'm just going to like explain to you guys. And I, I don't do it like this with a client, but like, I would guide them through it, but I'm going to give you kind of these, this prompt in a way. So there's an NLP technique of like, okay, if nothing changed in your life and you had all the, all the issues, all the problems, all the bad, all the bad habits that you have right now in 20 years time, where would you be? And don't just think generally, 
would you be in a relationship? Would you be pregnant? Would there be a family? Would you be married? Would you be happy? Would you love your job? Would you be healthy? Would you have long, luscious hair that you want to have? Like the most specific things. And basically you paint this picture for yourself. If you are going to be this miserable, old, cranky woman, because you couldn't make a fucking decision 20 years ago. And why this is important is because Often we don't make a decision that we end up making anyway in five years time. We end up finally doing the fucking thing that we wanted to do, right? Five years ago. But the issue is, is because we didn't make that decision for five years, what ends up happening is we carry five years of shame on ourselves, of resentment. We hold this resentment and hatred and shame of why didn't I do this sooner? And I'm sharing this with you, not to scare you guys, but to be actually really serious about it with you because I've had so many clients and it breaks my heart that, you know, in their forties and they're like, Monica, my biggest regret is not doing this earlier. Like I hate myself that I didn't do this earlier. And, you know, I obviously help them get rid of that self-hate and self-shame. But one of the biggest things is like, I wish that I did this even six months prior, even a year prior, because I would have gotten a year back of my life. And I explain how like quantum leaping and like, you know, Time is an illusion and all those things which really help them. But the bottom line is that we will never get time back, but we will always get money back. Okay, this is the last thing that I want to say. So when you're wanting to leave your comfort zone and get out of this place to one of the other levels, this is the most, I keep saying this is the most important thing. And then I'm like, oh, this one, this one, they're all important. This is another really important thing to do. When you're wanting to exit your comfort zone, you need to take the leap because you trust yourself that you will be okay. It's not even that you know that everything's going to work out perfectly because you don't know, but you know that you're going to be okay and you hold yourself, you anchor yourself in self-trust. I was saying this before, this is what I was, knew there was something else. I was kind of saying before about the self-soothing in their like trauma cycle. And that one of the things people can do is they can self-soothe and then be like, oh, everything's okay. So where else, where self-soothing can like actually be a benefit is that when you're going from one comfort zone out to another and you're trying to break through that to then obviously expand before you've healed your trauma. Once you heal your trauma, ladies and gentlemen, you can be flying through those comfort zones, no problem, right? But when you have all this trauma, like I was saying before, it makes it, it's like you're dragging your fucking body through mud. And so something that is is not always a very helpful thing. Like, you know, when you're trying to heal massive trauma, when you're trying to break through comfort zones, it's a very helpful thing. And that is self-soothing. So you feel the discomfort of moving through it. You feel like, I want to do it, but I'm scared. And like, you're working yourself up. It's pausing and it's soothing yourself. It's almost like you disconnect your brain from your body And your brain is like talking to your body and soothing your body like a mother is talking to a child. And you're soothing your body and you're basically in that soothing, you're bringing in a sense of safety and you're reminding yourself, you're reminding your body because like two separate entities, you're reminding yourself, you're reminding your body, depending how you're doing it, that you've got yourself, that you're safe, that everything's going to be okay, et cetera, et cetera. And in doing the self-soothing, you calm your nervous system down. And by calming your nervous system down, it allows you to then propel forward with more ease and grace and expansion and safety. And okay, I'm going to break outside my comfort zone because your nervous system is more relaxed. When your nervous system is on high alert, it becomes really hard to break outside your comfort zone. 
um, because you're in some kind of stress response, right? You're on this like high alert for, for like shit going wrong or for fear, right? So obviously when you, when you're breaking out of your comfort zone, there can be a lot of excitement, which can mimic stress, but it's excitement, right? They do feel the same and that still is stressful in your nervous system. But I'm talking about like when you are in a state of stress, when your nervous system is on a high alert, you you can't make decisions. You can't break outside your comfort zone. You're going to do the easiest thing. And the easiest thing is staying inside your turtle shell. That's why for a lot of people, when they feel like they're being, you know, um, like, uh, like shoved into a corner in some, in some sense by somebody, when you feel like you're being shoved into a corner, you're like, Oh my God, I don't know. And you kind of go into this, like, I don't know. I don't know. And it's like, you're freaking out and you don't know what to do. And so you just want to do nothing. You just want to stay where you are. You don't want to make a decision and you don't want to do anything. The reason why is because your nervous system is on high alert. So when you self-soothe, when you bring yourself back down, when you bring your nervous system back down, you can then get out of your current comfort zone and break through and go to that next level and do the thing that you want to do with a bit more ease because your nervous system is regulated. So that was the last thing I wanted to mention was like the self-soothing is, um, is really helpful when you have this trauma that's making it harder for you to break outside your comfort zone, but you also really want to do it. So, so what you can also do is as the last thing is that when you're self-soothing, you can also just write down how and why it is safe for you to take this leap. Because the self-soothing is like, okay, you're in your body, you're, you're calming down your nervous system, but then you're also calming down your mind and you're kind of writing down why it's safe, you know, why everything's going to be okay, why the, uh, like the, the choice that you're making is a safe one and whatever, and why you want to do it and why it's important for you and how it's going to expand you and how you're going to be grateful for it. Like you're writing all these things down and then in writing all those things down, you're also then soothing your nervous system even more, right? To then make it easier to jump outside your comfort zone. But what's really important is that if you continue to want to do something and, and you want to jump outside your comfort zone and then you don't, key thing is that you validate the very fear that you're trying to break free from. So we'll go back to the fear of success. If you're afraid of success, because you're going to get picked on. People are going to think that you're weird, whatever, whatever. And I'm, remember, in case anyone just joined, not success in business necessarily in any area of your life. You're, you, you're afraid of like being more, having more, being, saying whatever. When you then don't do the thing that you want to do because you're afraid of this fear, then guess what? You validate the fear. You say, your this fear is correct. This fear is valid. I I am afraid of this fear and I do need to be afraid of this fear. So I'm going to go back in my turtle shell. And that fear not only not only continues to hold you back, it holds you back in an even bigger way because you haven't invalidated it. You have validated it. You've said that this fear is correct. You don't want to do that. You 100% want to invalidate your fear with your actions. So when you have a little bit of a fear, you self-soothe, you work through it, you break out of your comfort zone, that fear no longer becomes valid, right? So you start to then help your body get out of so much of a stress response because you start to very slowly create a little bit of a sense of safety in doing those things, which is really, really important. For all the men that listen to this podcast or for the ladies that are listening and you want your man to do the work, you need to listen up. So my program, The Man, you're probably like, where did it go? It's coming back and it's coming back in a more accessible way where more men can do this work. It is going to be an evergreen program, which means that you can join at any time. There are two different options. There's a lower level investment and a higher level investment. And that obviously then is going to be reflected in the amount of time that you get with me. 
And trust me when I say, men, you want to join this program. I have made the syllabus even bigger. There is more added to it. And for any guys that joined the man in the past, you're going to get access to this as well because it's all updated in your portal. So I'm really excited for those of you that are joining. If you're not on the wait list, make sure that you get on the wait list so that you don't miss out. And let's jump back into the episode. What if the self-soothing isn't working? Well, this is where it's like, I'm not gonna, I can't heal your trauma on a live call, nor would I, that would be so unethical. This is where it's like, you need to come and work with me. You need to join Queen Alchemy. You need to be a one-on-one client, whatever it is. Queen Alchemy is the program for trauma healing, as well as obviously one-on-one, my New York immersion, et cetera. So these are some things for you guys to think about. I'm really explaining the why. So a lot of you can understand what's happening for you and maybe why it's challenging to even join Queen Alchemy. Why is it challenging to even join one-on-one, but you know, free information, friends, I just want to really make you guys recognize this free information is not going to heal your trauma. If somebody is trying to heal your trauma through an Instagram live call, it is very unethical and in in my perspective, dangerous because true trauma healing needs to be held in a safe environment where you're with the person, where you can help them, where you can talk to them, where you can, you know, give them that, that safety but like, if I was to do that right now with you, you, you're left high and dry. I can't help, you know? So yeah, I don't do any trauma stuff for free, but you can hundred percent listen to all my podcast episodes. There is so much free pod, free content on the podcast. Obviously on my Instagram, my blog, like there is no shortage of free information. That's for sure. But if you're actually wanting to heal the trauma, then you need to do that with me in an intimate and safe container. Really important. All right. Okay. I really hope this was helpful for all of you. I'm just going to quickly. Oh, thank you, Karen. I'm just going to read this out loud from Karen. If you have not done Monica's program, this is your sign to sign up, jump in. Her work is magical and healing. You will find your true self and create the best future for the best future world for yourself. Thank you so much. So yeah, for those of you that don't know, Queen Alchemy is officially opening Thursday, but you can join like early. It's just that I'm officially starting the marketing and everything on Thursday. This is going to be the last round of this price for Queen Alchemy. The next price is going up. So please make sure that you know that. And also just remember everybody that because I'm getting married next year, I'm taking on less work. So it's really imperative that you jump in ASAP to work with me because everything's limited next year. Because not only do I have the wedding we also have the book launch so and I have a wedding in Australia which means I'm also taking quite a few weeks off to go to Australia for one of my best friends weddings so um I just want everyone to really make sure they know that if you are thinking about joining Queen Alchemy even if you're not read the website page and just please don't forget that I am taking on a lot less work with clients next year just because of everything going on so well, that's the plan anyway for now. Um, so yeah, Queen Alchemy is opening officially on Thursday, but you can join early. All the details are on the website page and this will be the last round for the year. So the sooner that you join, the better, because there is a lot of content that you can do before the live calls, which is great because then you just get ahead and then you can fully immerse yourself in all the live calls that we have together because we have over like 40 hours of live calls that you can join. Some are pick and choose. Some are like mandatory. You need to come to them. They're all recorded. So you don't need to worry about time zones. Everything's online, all the things, which is amazing. And then same with one-on-one, one-on-one obviously is all bespoke. It's all custom to you. Uh, We can work on anything and everything. I do not have this like set program for one-on-one clients. 
Um, I'm flexible. I cater everything to the client in front of me and to what they need in that session. I think that's everything that I want to mention to you guys. This is the 12th round of Queen Alchemy, but the 19th round of the program, it used to be called something else. So you can be rest assured that there is like a lot of proof that this shit works. Like we, I think we have six highlights on Instagram. Sarah had to delete some the other day because there was too many and it was like, they were all getting lost. But, um, there's an abundance of testimonials on my website page for all my programs. So just make sure that you go there. And as usual, ladies, um, DMs are always open. Emails are always open. So if you feel better about just kind of sending me a message about what you want to work on, uh, what you're struggling with and what you really want to get, like what you want in your life, what you want to get out of working with me, then I can also give you the best recommendation of what to do. All right. Okay. I'm going to love you and leave you all. I hope that you have a lovely rest of your day and rest of your week. Okay. I will see you guys soon. Remember DMs are always open. Questions are there. Queen Alchemy one-on-one. All the, those are the two places for trauma healing. And then we do have my New York three-day event next year as well, which is a great complimentary thing to Queen Alchemy or one-on-one. Or you can do that alone, but I recommend not waiting that long because that's in May. Like do something now for yourself. Like allow yourself to end this year feeling like your best self and feeling like you have actually set out to do what you wanted to do this year. All right. I will see you guys soon. Thank you so much for coming. Bye.